0: Glory to God. It's good to get excited about God. He is a good God. Yeah, He is a good God. <laughs> uh, Brother Oral Roberts made that one. Famous, didn't he? Glory to God for that. Yeah, if you can get excited watching the flyers beat up on those uh, folks from Chicago, then you ought to be able to get excited about God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We're going to be over in the book of Genesis, chapter 17. We haven't had one of these for a little while, but it's always good to have once in a while a uh, Peanuts cartoon. In this particular one, Linus and Lucy are sitting in front of the TV, and Lucy says to Linus, go, get me a glass of water. And Linus looked kind of surprised, and he said, why should I do anything for you? You never do anything for me. On your 75th birthday, Lucy promised, I'll bake you a cake. So Linus got up, headed into the kitchen, got a glass of water, and a little line in the final picture says this, life is more pleasant when you have something to look forward to. We've been talking about hope these number of weeks, and I knew that we were ready to move into what I believe is the final phase of this series, uh... Barring any other revelation God gives me all of a sudden or something like that, but, uh, this is, uh, this is the end of the, of the how we wanted this series to finish up. And so I was praying about how to, how to get this thing going, how to get this thing started. And so six words came to me. And those are the words of the title. I am, I will, and I shall. I am, I will, and I shall. Now we said before, going back to our, our text verse in Hebrews 10, verse 23. Let us hold fast the confession of our without. For he who promised. Glory to God. We got to hold fast the confession of our hope. Our hope has a confession. There is something we say over and over about whatever it is that we hope for. Some of the easy things are, how many of us have also said, oh, I am so glad I'm going to heaven? Anybody said that? How many have ever said, I am so glad the Lord is coming soon? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Especially when you're not having such a good day. That's a good one for it, isn't it? Oh, I am so glad the Lord is coming soon. When we hear about some of the things going on in the world, how many of us can say, I am so glad The the Lord is coming soon. Isn't that a hope? Is that not a confession of our hope? Our hope has a confession. And the Word of God tells us to hold fast the confession of our hope. Don't let it go. He said after that, without wavering. Why does he put that on? If we're going to hold fast, why would we have to put on without wavering? Because if you're going to hold fast to something, are you going to waver? No. But he's trying to emphasize something, right? Hold fast... Without wavering. How many of you ever like to play with a dog tug-of-war? Tug-of-war is kind of fun. It seems like most dogs have it down. know, They get the idea that um, certain times they're supposed to try and pull something out of your hand and you're supposed to try and pull back. Some dogs are better at it than others. How many have a dog that's really, really good at it? How many ever had a dog that's really, really good at it? I've heard certain breeds are real good. Isn't it bulldogs are supposed to be really tough with that? They're, they got the... Uh, things all set up to, to be able to do that. We have a pug. He loves to play tug-of-war, but he's not that good. He thinks he is, but he's just not that good of a, of a tug-of-war dog. He's, I mean, he puts us all into it, and he growls, and he shakes, and he moves around his body and all that sort of stuff, but you know, if you really want it, you just pull it right out of his mouth, because he's just not that good. He's just a little dog, you know, a little, little jaw. Doesn't have a whole lot of strength to it, but he does like to play. But I know that there are some dogs that will take you for a ride. (laughs) We need to be like one of those kind of dogs. Who will take you for a ride. Hold fast the confession of our hope. I've seen some dogs that are so good at playing tug-of-war that while you're playing with them, you can take the thing you're playing tug-of-war with and hold it up in the air and they still hang on. And then you can shake it and they'll shake with it. (laughs) <laughs> but they still hang on. They even growl a little bit. No, I'm not letting go. I'm hanging on to this thing. That's the thing we got to do with the confession of our hope. Don't let it go. Hold fast the confession of our hope. Now, we do that with some things. We do that with salvation. Most of us. We know that we're saved. If somebody else came up and said, Well, do you really know you're going to heaven because you believe in Jesus? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, I know. Jesus Christ is my Savior. He died on the cross for me. And His blood is all I need. I am forgiven. Glory be to God. He was God. He died on the cross as, as man and God. And He is my salvation. I am going to heaven. I don't wonder. I know. That's, that's hanging on to a, to a confession. No one's going to pull that from you. That's how we need to be. That's how we need to get with things. Don't let it go. Hang on to those things. Well, as we said here, I am, I will, and I shall. There are things that God has given us. Hope is always a confession of what is future. Hope is never a confession of what is present or past. Because I don't need to confess what I already have. I already got it. If I have the car I want, I don't have to say, oh, I hope I get a truck. I have one. I don't have to hope for it. I got it. If I go out there and say, oh, I hope I get a truck. I, I thought you had a truck. Yeah, but I, I hope I get one. That just is weird. That's just kind of an odd thing to do. You don't confess a hope that is present. You already have it. Hope is always present. Now, faith can be past, present, and future. But when it's associated with hope, it is always future. Christians sometimes get it confused. We sometimes mix up hope with what is present and past. And the faith that operates on things future is different from the things that operates on things past and present. It's still faith, but it's different. It's like playing basketball by hockey rules. It doesn't work. Brother Hagen used to always tell us about that. He says, sports is sports, right? No, you can't play basketball by hockey rules. Nor can you play hockey by basketball rules. They're all different. That's why some folks like hockey, and some people like basketball, and some people like football, and some, because their roles are different, the game is different, they like different things. Well, God has given us a number of things, and there are those things which are mine, and there's three ways in here. Now, you're going to do some writing, you got some blank uh, blank space in there, but I expect you to do some writing in there, I'm going to give you some things, and you write down whatever you want to. You don't want to write anything down? Don't. Doesn't bother me, I have it written down right here. There are those things which are mine by, first off, covenant. Those things that be or those things that are already in existence. They exist by covenant. They have been deeded. They have been granted. I put in my outline. You ought to write this in yours. What is present? What is present? I have it. The things that we have been given by covenant are things that we are in possession of now. I have it. The second one is conception. I actually looked up the definition for this, and of course there's about nine different definitions for it, but I pulled out this one. This is the one that I like for it. To form a notion or idea of to imagine. To form a notion or idea of to imagine. Now, this is also used for people becoming pregnant. And you know, once you become pregnant with with a thing, it has to grow, doesn't it? There is conception there. This is what is potential. The covenant is what is present. This is what is potential. This can happen. This can be there. This is possible to, to come about. The third is promise. We have covenant, we have conception and promise. Those things that are yet to come. They are for a future appointed time. They are for things yet to come for a future a point of time we have what is present we have what is potential and here we have what is promised present potential and promised those are the three things now these words here i am are those things which are present i will are those things which are potential and i shall are those things which are promised I am, I will, and I shall. And with that, we want to go into a story we all well know, very familiar with. We're going to go into a story in the Word of God about Abraham. Some people told me before stories mean they might be fake. They're not fake. These are stories from the Bible. I love stories from the Bible. There's nothing fake. There is nothing false. There is nothing untrue about any of these. So when I say it that way, you understand. This is what happened. When Abraham was 99 years old, chapter 17, verse 1, in the book of Genesis, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am God Almighty. See that word, I am? I am God Almighty. Does that mean he hopes to be? Does that mean he has potential to be? means what? He is. He is God Almighty. I am God Almighty. Almighty God, walk before me and be blameless. Walk before me and be blameless. And I will make my covenant between me and you and will multiply you exceedingly. And I will make my covenant between me and you. I will make my covenant between me and And you. Has it happened yet? I will make my covenant between me and you. And I will multiply you exceedingly. Has it happened yet? It is what? Future. Then Abram fell on his face and God talked with him saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with you and you shall be a father of many nations. No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be Abraham. For I have made you a father of many nations. I have made you a father of many nations. Now, here's something interesting. I have made you a father of many nations. Is that present or is that future? Is it in existence now or will it become into existence? It's in existence now, isn't it? I have, past tense, made you, which means it is in the present. As of right now, I have made you a father of many nations. How many children does he have? Well, that would be untrue. (laughs) How many children does he have? One. But it is not the son of the promise. We're all thinking, I know, we're all thinking son of the promise. And as far as son of the promise, it's not there yet. So that part's right. But he does have one. So it's not quite like before where he was complaining to God, Oh, God, there's for not even born to my house who's going to become my heir. He can't say that anymore because he's got one born to his house. So Ishmael can be his heir, but that's not necessarily the way God sees this happening. For I have made you a father of many nations. Is he a father of many nations? Now, here's a really difficult answer. How many nations have been born to Abraham? none but what has God said I have made you a father of many nations so for God is his past present or future this is a past action with present results isn't it so God sees him right now as a father of many nations go back to verse 2 and I will make my covenant between me and you and will multiply you exceedingly that's still future as for me, behold, my covenant, verse 4, is with you, and you shall be a father of many nations. Is that past, present, or future? You're all afraid to say something. <laughs> it's future, isn't it? Yeah, you're afraid to say that because you just we just read it's past. Wait a minute. How is it that God says, I have made you a father of many nations, and then in the verse before it says, and you shall be a father of many nations. Oh, man, God is all messed up. God must be all messed up here, man. I mean, look at this. You shall be a father of many nations, but he says, I have made you a father of many nations. Man, how are we supposed to understand that? Obviously, we're not supposed to be understanding the word. We just throw it all out there and just go back, to just reading some Psalms here and there and (laughs) getting blessed and it's going on, right? Now, come on. I will make you exceedingly fruitful and I will make nations of you. And kings shall come from you. Again, he's future here, isn't he? And I will establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants after you in their generations. for For an everlasting covenant to be God to you and your descendants after you. Also, I give to you and your descendants after you the land in which you are a stranger. All the land of Canaan as an everlasting possession. And I will be their God. Also, I give to you and your descendants after you the land in which you are a stranger. All the land of Canaan and an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. Now, we see from another promise that God also reiterated this. Walk about the land for every every place on which the sole of your foot shall tread. I have given it to you. It is. Well, this tenth things we got to figure it out. Don't we, I mean, it's past, present, future, what is it? Am I waiting for this? Is it a hope of the future or is it already done? In your outline, I put these things. There are those things that are by covenant. These are the things as far as the I am is concerned. I am this. I am healed. I am righteous. I am forgiven. Those things that are I am, they're part of the covenant. God has given it to us in his covenant. Therefore, I have those things. I walk in those things. You don't have to walk in those things. But you can walk in those things. How many of y'all know you could have a bank account in your name for one million dollars and not walk in the light of it? Doesn't mean you don't have it. Doesn't mean you don't access it. How many of y'all know that you could work for a a boss and they could pay you with a paycheck and you take all those paychecks and you file them away in a file cabinet? Are you walking in the light? (laughs) No, we're not helping ourselves out there, are we? So just because a thing is true doesn't mean that it happens. Just because God decrees a thing to be so doesn't mean that it's going to automatically happen. There's something that we generally have to do to take advantage of it. Just because God has decreed that we can be healed doesn't mean that everybody is healed. So you hear folks that are out there saying, yes, you can be healed, and inside you say, oh, I don't know, Aunt Betsy. Anybody ever know anybody who's died and gone to hell? Anybody at all know anybody who died and went to hell? How about uh, uh, that Hitler guy? What do we think happened to him when he died? How about some of those uh, nasty rulers they had over there in the Soviet Union? How about some of those tyrants that were over in China killing people, murdering people? They didn't repent before the end of their life. Which way do you think they went? How about Saddam Hussein? Which way do you think he went? Now, I don't know what happened to him in the last days because anybody, I guess, can repent, but... Mm. I don't know. I don't know if I told you this story or not. If I told you this story, y'all tell me I get it. But we were my wife and I were listening in the shop, and we heard uh, Mario Cirillo. Uh, He was talking about a story. He sat next to the airplane. Did I tell you the airplane story with him? Did I tell you that one? All right, we're not to tell it again. You didn't hear about it, then you just go back and get the tape. (laughs) Really, how many people didn't hear that story? Did I just tell it last week, or it had to be recent? All right, we'll we'll tell it to you. I'll tell it to again, just for those folks. Mario sat next to a person. He was sandwiched between somebody. Got in the middle aisle. How many of you all like the middle aisle in the airplane? Oh, I do not like the middle aisle, unless, of course, you know, my wife is on one side and one of the kids is on the other. That's fine. But you know, you get in there, stranger on the left, stranger on the right. It's just not fun. It's just you know, it's you. You, you got no room. You you really can't really. You know, it's the armrest mine. Is it theirs? You know, all that sort of stuff. <laughs> so I admit all the middle place isn't the best place to be. And he was sandwiched in the middle. Didn't know either person on the other side. But this one over there, when he introduced himself, oh, I know who you are. in one of those awful, awful, awful voices. Whole voices changed. Found out she was a witch. A real, genuine witch. And she says, I I know you. He said, we put a curse on you. And so he suddenly found out why he was sitting there. And so she was uh, talking about, she said, "Uh, I'm not just a witch. She said, I went through a, a wedding ceremony and I married the devil. He said, I'm unsavable. And so he's about ready to you know, just uh, pull up and, and quit. And, uh, and God, says, he says, uh, God says to him, he says, I, I didn't put you here for you to become a witch. So he said, oh, all right. <laughs> so he started talking to her. And uh, you know, this is a, he was talking about this is a post 9-11 time. And in a post 9-11 world, you said, you ought to try casting the devil out of somebody on the airplane. He said, "Boy, that was uh, that was interesting." But he said, "By the time they landed, spirits went out of here and the spirit went in, and she got born again." Glory so to God. That's so amazing how many folks are out there that you can get born again. Don't don't write anybody off. If it's possible that some people aren't there, just remember we're in sales. That's management's decision. We're just in sales. You, know, you sell to anybody you can. You let management figure out whether they qualify or not. You're, Just go out there and sell. Get them on the gospel. Get them on the the Jesus. These are things that are by covenant. Things that God has given us. Just because you haven't walked in healing. Just because you haven't been saved. Just because you haven't walked in forgiveness doesn't mean it's not there. It's there for you. You can go ahead and walk in it. Enjoy it. These are the things that have been given to me. God has given these to me. They're part of the covenant. I have them. They're mine. I am righteous. I am healed. I am going to heaven. I am saved. These are things that God has done. Well, then there's things that we that are by conception. These are the things that I will obtain. I will be... And whatever it is that you, you need, you can put in there. For Abraham, I will be a father. Because he wasn't for a long time, but he had a promise... I will be a father. He had to walk around. I will be a father. I will have a son. I will have kids. I will obtain these things. They're by conception. They're by, uh, as a definition again, to form a notion or idea of, to imagine. These are things that what has been taught to me. They have been taught to me. God has spoken to me. His word has shown it to me. I have revelation somehow, but the thing was taught to me. Remember the woman with the issue of blood? What did she say? If I just touch the hem of his garment, I know I shall be healed. That was future, but she—it wasn't a longer distance. She knew that this is this is now. If I touch the hem of his garment, that'll be done. She conceived of this thing in her mind based on the things she heard about Jesus, and she said, "All I got to do is touch the hem of his garment." We looked at some other stories in the in the New Testament based on the, the idea of hope and people, how they got saved. The guy who's laying there by the pool of Bethesda. The guy, the blind Bartimaeus. Other ones. They had. You have to begin to see this can happen. You cannot go to prayer and say, God, I need this. I This has to happen. I'm looking for this. And not be able to imagine, not to be able to conceive, not to be able to have faith that this will occur. Cannot go into prayer that way got to know you got to have that thing i can do this this can happen to me look at what the word of god has to say look what the word of god has promised me i will obtain that somehow it's been taught to me the words taught it to you jesus spoke it to you holy spirits revealed it to you whatever was going on then we have the final area and these are the things that are promised these are the things that are by promise we have the things that are by covenant, the things that are by conception, and the things that are by promise. And these are: I shall be, I shall be in heaven. Are we not promised a place in heaven? I shall have a mansion. You may have a mansion down here on the earth, but I have a feeling that the one in heaven's a little bit better. Looking forward to that mansion. I've seen some really nice looking mansions. You ever see some of those pictures? You know, they, oh man, there's some nice stuff out there. Of course, every time we see one of those things, you know, my wife and I are looking at each other. And says, "Oh, look at all that lawn you got to take care of, dear Lord! <laughs> look at all that house you got to clean!" Oh no, that's uh, that's just too much. We remember uh, I was on my own. I th- I think on the no, I wasn't on my. I think my wife came along with me. Went out to one well, down to shore for delivering a bunk bed down to shore to this uh to this place. And they had a house they converted from a, a dentist office. Interesting looking house, but it was not a normal house. It was a house that went this way and that way and this way and over here and all sorts of, all sorts of places, and it just, uh, it was very. Cool. I mean, it's definitely a little kid's house. They would just love going through all the little, all the little places in there. But she was looking around. She said that she said, "Oh, I won't have to keep that clean. I mean, you got to go around. You got to dust that every day, and you got to clean this off. And, and uh, but, you know, so some things we want I'm wondering, up in heaven, is there no dust? No dust? How many are believing God? No dust in heaven? Now understand, you have no word for that. (laughs) But you believe it anyway, right? (laughs) Why? Because you want to. (laughs) You see, dust is an enemy, enemy, and no enemies are in heaven. Yeah, I'm kind of on your side. I don't think there's any dust in heaven either. But, so that mansion, we don't have the dust and vacuum and all that sort of stuff, so that makes it a lot more enjoyable. Of course, most folks who have mansions, I guess they just hire people to do that, right? Yeah. Well, somebody's got to do it. These are the things that are promised. The things that shall be. It is what has been designed for me. There's a mansion in heaven that has been designed for me. Heaven has been designed for all of us to inhabit it. Just think about that. Just think about a meeting room for all those people imagine that i mean if you go over to to a lot of the places you know the the colleges and stuff like that colleges have to have a meeting room to meet the largest gathering of people that they're going to have the both colleges i had they had a meeting room that would hold all the students all of them some places you know you go over to temple i don't know if they have a room that would hold all the students so, they probably just have meetings with a certain number of groups at, at a time. And that'd be a whole lot of students to put in there. My son graduates here coming up. And they're going to go through his graduation class. And 1,400 and some children, uh, uh seniors, are going to graduate in his school. That's the senior class. 1,400 and some. And they're going to read off every single name. Everyone. 1,400 plus. He has more kids in his senior class than I had in my entire high school. <laughs> They're going to read off every single one. Aren't you all glad that you have to get tickets and we don't have any more that that, uh, that can go? Aren't you glad? Aren't you saying, oh, I would go. <laughs> but, you know, there's no tickets. They only gave somebody per family, so I guess I I guess I can't. Oh. Don't you want to sit there? Under the hot sun and listen to 1,400 and some kids' names being mentioned. No? No. All right, we'll go go and do that for you. (laughs) But heaven was designed with us in mind. There's a meeting room that holds all of us, there are streets of gold, transparent gold. Gates made out of single pearls. Mansions for everyone. Man, how big is this place? Wow. Well, if God can create the universe, I mean, we don't even know how big that is. He can make heaven any size He wants to. course, just imagine this. You have to get around. Don't worry. We travel like angels do. Speed of thought. Bang, you're there. Oh, glory to God. This is just sounding better and better all the time. How many of y'all want to go now? Beam me up. Come on. (laughs) Let's go. But unfortunately, our faith is not involved in getting that day here sooner. That's the unfortunate part. But our faith is involved. There are some things that our faith is involved with to get here sooner. But there are some things that are promised for a time down the road. Not all are promised for heaven. There are some that are promised for later. But not all of them come just when we get the faith to believe for it. But in this particular story we're looking at with Abraham. God had a promise. And He's been talking to him about this for 24 years. A son will be born to you. Now when Abraham first heard that at age 75. A son will be born to him. Oh, how many of y'all know he's excited? He's been waiting 74 years. No babies. And then all of a sudden, God shows up and says, I'm going to give you a son. Really? Oh, this is good. How many are getting excited? Seventy-four years old. Here it is. You've been wanting a son. You've been wanting a uh, maybe. You know, seventy-four. You said, no, "Not, not, anymore." No, but Abraham was. He's. Yeah, we're ready for this. Seventy-four. Oh, this is good. And age seventy-five. It's. There's no son yet. Age seventy-six. There's no son yet. Age seventy-seven. There's no son yet. And then you know, somewhere along the line, God comes back down again and says, "Hey, hold on a minute. A son's going to be born to you." Okay. How many know you're not quite as excited about it after four or five years of waiting when you heard it again? Really? All right, well, alright, that's good. We're glad. This is this is alright. You know, ten years down the road. The promise, he gets reminded about the promise again. A son. Yeah, alright. Glory to God. A son. He's 99 years old right now. Right now, Ishmael is about 13. That would mean that he was born when Abraham was. Come on, you can do the math. (laughs) It wasn't too long after the promise came, was it? 86. He waited around for God for 12 whole years. And then got tired of it and decided to do something on his own. Joseph waited around for 13 years. Once he got put into prison or sold into slavery. That was a long time. Thirteen years. He waited around for twelve and he decided to take matters in their own hands. They came up with the uh, new idea. I know how we can get a son. And she gave him his her handmaid and the son was born. But that's not the one. God even came down and says, you know, I see you got a son there, but that's not the one. Wait a minute. Right. Just, come on. Let Ishmael be blessed. Come on. Get, let him go. No, nope, that's not the one. He's all relaxing. He's all. Oh, we finally got it here. He's all relaxed. His faith and God says, "No, that's it. You still got to be believing." So at 86, this happens. Now we got 12 more. 12 years later, and God still comes on down and says, "What? Going to have a son? How would you respond?" <laughs> you would respond just like Abraham did. I have one. <laughs> Uh, let's go on and see what he has to say here. Where do we leave off at? Verse 8. Verse 9 then. And God said to Abraham, As for you, you shall keep my covenant, you and your descendants after you throughout the generations. This is my covenant, which you shall keep between me and you and your descendants after you. Every male child among you shall be circumcised and you shall circ- shall be circumcised in the flesh of your foreskin. And it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and you. He who is eight days old among you shall be circumcised. Every male child in your generations. He who is born in your house or brought with money from the foreigner who is not your descendant. He who is born in your house and he who is born with your money must be circumcised. And my covenant shall be in your flesh for an everlasting covenant. And the uncircumcised male, well, he gets going on there. That's going down to verse 15. Then God said to Abram, As for Sarai, your wife, you shall not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. And I will bless her and also give you a son by her. Then I will bless her and she shall be a mother of nations. Kings of peoples shall be from her. Then Abraham fell on his face and. Oh, man of faith and power. Waited twelve years, and then took matters in his own hands, and then waited another twelve years, and God comes and gives him this word. He's been walking in the light of Ishmael for twelve years. Twelve, thirteen years. And says <laughs> Oh God, come here. I need to I need to help you out with some things. You don't understand. I'm ninety nine. I'm 99 years old. Yeah, I know you may miss this, but I'm 99 years old. A son hasn't been born to me and Sarah yet. And she's old too. It's not going to happen. Just, here you go. Let's go on and see what he says. He laughed and he said in his heart. He didn't say it with his mouth, apparently. He said it in his heart. Shall a child be born to a man who is 100 years old? And shall Sarah, who is 99 years old, bear a child? He said that in his heart. How many times have we said things in our heart we don't say out loud? Now, we're all too spiritual for that, aren't we? Now, when we heard the promise of God, you're healed. Yeah, uh-huh. That's why this thing keeps on hurting. But yeah. And we smile. <laughs> Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. But what do we say in our heart? It's not happening. Hasn't happened yet. I don't see anything changing. It's not going to happen. I'm going to just keep on going. (laughs) Right? Isn't that what we say? Don't be laughing at Abraham here. You do the same thing. And Abraham said to God, Oh, that Ishmael might live before you. In other words, Oh, that you would have the same kind of faith and confidence in Ishmael that I have in him. (laughs) Oh, come on. Let's go. Let's get on the Ishmael train. Forget the other one. This one's a good train. Let's get on this one. No, Sarah, your wife shall bear you a son, and you shall call his name Isaac. I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant, and with his descendants after him. As for Ishmael, I have heard you. Behold, I have blessed him, and will make him him fruitful, and will multiply him exceedingly. He shall beget twelve princes, and I will make a great nation. But my covenant I will establish with Isaac. Whom Sarah shall bear to you at this set time next year. So, just to put you in, the, you know, if he comes in June, what time's he coming next year? June. How long does it take for a baby to be born? So you got a uh, a gap there, right? Three months. Three month gap. So in other words, Sarah is not pregnant because we got a year. Babies don't take a year. It'll take nine months. So in three months, she's going to get pregnant. But she's not pregnant right now. But my covenant I will establish with Isaac, whom Sarah shall bear to you at this set time next year. Now, he left no room for doubt. It's, it's your wife, Sarah. It's this time next year. Baby comes from her. This is the name. Then he finished talking with him. And God went up from Abraham... So Abraham took Ishmael, his son, all who were with him, and they all went through the the thing. It says, Abraham, verse 24, was 99 years old when he was circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin. And Ishmael, his son, was 13 years old. And when he was circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin, that very same day, Abraham was circumcised, and his son Ishmael and all the men of his house, born in the house or bought with money from a foreigner, were circumcised with him. All right. We got that established. How many of us are reacting like Abraham? How many of us have reacted like Abraham? Thank God there's still hope for you. Verse 1, chapter 18. Then the Lord appeared to him by the turban's trees of Mamre as he was sitting in the tent door in the heat of the day. So he lifted his eyes and looked, and behold, three men were standing by him. And when he saw them, he ran from the tent door to meet them and bowed himself to the ground and said, My Lord, I have now found favor in your sight. Do not pass on by your servant. Please let a little water be brought and wash your feet and rest yourselves under the tree. I will bring a morsel of bread you may refresh your hearts that you may pass by inasmuch as as you have come to your servants. They said, do as you have said. So they went off and they did all the preparations and so forth and and came on down to verse 9. Then they said to him, Where is Sarah, your wife? So he said, here in the tent. And he said, I will certainly return to you according to the time of life. What's that? Nine months. Before it was a year. Now it's nine months. So this is three months later. I will certainly return to you according to the time of life. And behold, Sarah, your wife, shall have a son. So he's going to return to the time of of life, nine months, and then the, the son will be born. Sarah was listening in her tent door, which was behind him. Now Abraham and Sarah were old. Well advanced in age. They're three months older than they were last time. And Sarah had passed the age of childbearing. Really? Verse 12. Therefore Sarah rejoiced in her heart and was glad. Now what's it say? Therefore Sarah laughed out loud. Know what she do? Laughed within herself. saying. So she's saying this in her heart too, isn't she? After I have grown old, shall I have pleasure... My Lord being old also. And the Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh, saying, Shall I surely bear a son, since I am old? Now, did he rebuke Abraham for laughing? But he's not giving Sarah a break on this one. (laughs) I don't know if it's because you know it needs to happen now. (laughs) Abraham had three months to get right. Sarah's got a day. And the Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh, saying, Now, why doesn't he ask Sarah? Why is he asking Abraham? Abram's out here talking with him. He's saying, why did Sarah laugh? Well, I'm not here with you. I didn't even know she laughed because she laughed inside. She said it in her heart probably. Is anything too hard for me? For the Lord, at the appointed time, I will return to you according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. But Sarah denied it, saying, oh, no, I, no, I not me. No, I didn't laugh. Uh-uh, no, it wasn't me. Where is Hagar anyway? I'll bet that was her. You know how she is. She's over there. She's all that because of Ishmael. You know how she is. She's over there. Let Sarah have a kid. (laughs) You probably heard Hagar. That's probably what it was. She denied it because she was afraid and said, No, but you did laugh. (laughs) Oh, thank God that we live in this day. When we have tapes and CDs and we can listen to the word over and over and over and we can hear teaching on faith and confidence in God and and belief and get rid of the doubt and all. We can hear tapes like that and CDs all the time so that no doubt lingers in us and so when we hear the promises of God, we don't laugh, right? Glory to God. Isn't it good to live in this day and age? They could have walked in that too if only they had CDs. If only they had MP3 players and tape decks. If only they would have had stuff like that. They could have listened to this over and over again. Could you imagine Abraham listening to the promise of God while he's out there tilling the land? Over there working in the land. He's got this, you know, the headphones on. That would have helped him out, wouldn't it? <laughs> oh, man. Well, we see that Abraham really has got all three of these areas going on. First off, we have the I am part over in verse 5 of chapter 17. Abraham, you are a father of many. For I have made you a father of many nations. What I have been made into or given has continual results. You are a father of many nations. God had already decreed it to God. It was already so. Now, put this in your own own spot. How many of you know the word of God says that by his stripes I am healed? But how many of you all know there are still times your body isn't quite lining up with that? (laughs) Sometimes, you know, that headache comes on. Sometimes that cold or flu comes on by. Sometimes that ache or pain is there in the body. Sometimes, you know, it's just not, mm, it's not quite there. But what's the word of God say? I am, I am healed. I am healed. Glory. I am healed. Now, the woman with the issue of blood, was she going around saying, I am healed? What's she saying? I will be healed. Do you know that faith will work whether you say I am healed or whether I will be healed? As long as your confession lines up with your hope. As long as your confession lines up with what you've been given. As long as your faith hangs in there whether it's faith for the past or faith for the future. You can be like the woman with the issue of blood. I know if I do this, I will be healed. You need to know it. You can be like the uh, nobleman who walked on his way back. Jesus said he's healed. Jesus said he's healed. That means he's healed. That means it's done. That means I can make the trip back. Jesus said he's healed. Jesus said he's healed. You got both of those cases going on. In Chapter 17, verses 6 and 7. We have this. I will make you exceedingly fruitful. Nations and kings will come from you. and And I will establish my covenant. But it said that Abraham laughed in his heart, and later on that Sarah laughed. There wasn't a whole lot of faith going on with that particular situation, was it? How many times have we laughed at a thing? How many times have we, you know, we... let's just pick this one. You've been going through a particular healing issue for a long time. And you've heard the Word of God say, I am healed. I am, I am healed. That's what Jesus, by His stripes, I am healed. He died on the cross for my sins, His blood covers my sins. But on his body was put my sickness, was put my disease. I am healed. And you're going around, I am healed. I am healed. And here comes that pain. Here comes that sickness. Here comes that whatever it is that's coming up. And then somebody comes on up and he says, the word of God says that you're healed. And we smile and we say, thank you. Appreciate you. Really glad you said that to me. Thank you very much. I needed that word of encouragement inside. We're saying what? (laughs) <laughs> you don't know how long I've been going through this. You don't know what I believed for in the past. You don't know what I've said. You don't know what I've done. Aren't we doing that? Come on. Am I the only one has ever done that? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> come on. You get any promise from God. Any promise from God. And you've been waiting on it for a little while. And it hasn't come. And it hasn't come. And it hasn't come. And then someone gets inspired by God to come up and give you a word. God is going to multiply your descendants. And we smile. Thank you very much. (laughs) appreciate you. really appreciate that word. It's real encouraging. Inside we're saying, I'm tired of hearing that. I've heard that for 12 years. That it's coming. It's always coming. I'm tired of it coming. I want it to be here. (laughs) Haven't we done that? Can we not relate to Abraham? When God comes after 13 years of living with the hope that Ishmael is the guy. 13 years. And then here come the angels and Jesus. No, no, no. One coming, one's coming yet. In a year it'll be here. <laughs> yeah, in a year. <laughs> yeah. You know how long I've been waiting? Let me count it out for you. 24 years I've been waiting for this. It's always coming. It's always coming. But is he saying that to Jesus? Now he's saying, thank you. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. That's a blessing. Glory to God. To him be the glory forever and ever. Isn't that right? Isn't that what we're doing? But inside, will you stop saying stuff like this? My life is just fine with Ishmael. I'm just fine taking the Excedrin. Things are working good. I take the Excedrin, it goes away. This is our just leave me alone with this stuff. Tired of hearing that there's a better job. Tired of hearing that there's a better job out there for me. And what I have is just fine. This is where it's going to be. Stop telling me there's a better job. Tell me for 12 years there's a better job. I'm still in the same place, working the same job, doing the same thing, getting the same money. But outside, what are we doing? Glory to God, I've received that. I've received that word. Thank you for that word. Father God, I thank you for that job. Glory to God. But inside, isn't that happening? Uh Uh-uh. I'll be here 12 years and I'll still be here at the same job, working the same place, making the same money, living in the same house, driving the same car probably. Right? Don't we do that? Come on, stop being so spiritual. We're just like Abraham. We laugh. Ha 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 ha. Not to me. Do you know how old I am? No, no, no. That's not happening here. I am. I will. I shall. I am. I will. I shall. I will make you exceedingly fruitful. Was Abraham's faith important? We told you before, Abraham had to be in faith on this. More so than anyone else in the history of the world up till then, he had to be in faith. God could not give him a break and say, you know what, you're mostly there. I'll let my compassion make up the rest of it. Because we've looked at the Word of God and how there are three different ways that God does things. Through faith, through compassion, and through a combination of the two. We well, time looking look at all out now. But we've don't gone through that, looked at it in the Word of God. Three, three ways he can do that. Through faith, through compassion, or through a combination of the two. He'll make up what you lack in faith for compassion. But he cannot do that for Abraham. Because God said in that promise, I'm going to bless all the nations through you. Which means there has to be something very special going on with him. Very special that will not happen with everyone else. And Abraham must be in faith when this baby is born. Because if there's any doubt, if there's any lack in that area, then the blessing will not come. Because we know, we can't get into it today, but down the road, God's going to say, Abraham, I want you to take your son, your only son. He's not his only son, is he? He's the only one as far as God is concerned for the promise, for the blessing. I want to take your only son, Isaac. Take him out to the mountain and I want you to sacrifice him to me. So Abraham says, hold on a minute. You know how long I waited for this guy. No, Abraham is in faith, and he says, nope, alright, it's fine. That's, uh, Isaac, come on, we're going somewhere. Should I go get Ishmael? Nope, 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 just you. Can I bring the dog? Nope, 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 just need you. Come on. <laughs> bring some, get some firewood. Alright, what do you need firewood for? You'll see. Bring some rope. What do I need the rope for? You'll see. Go out there and get it. So they go get it, and, uh, they get the altar, and they put it all together, and, uh, Isaac finds out the rope's for him firewood gets put underneath him. How you all know Isaac's not liking this. But we did a study on Isaac. We found out with Isaac's personality he, he's a problem child. He just didn't have a whole lot of get up and go or unction. He's just going to lay on back. Say, all right, well, you know, you want to kill me? It's all right. It's all good. Whatever happens. <laughs> so he gets on down there and and uh, of course Abraham says that they are heading up and he says, all right, we know we're going up for the sacrifice. We've got the wood. we got the uh, all the, where's the Where's the lamb? And Abraham says prophetically, God will provide himself a lamb. So they get him up there and he's all ready to kill Isaac. And he got the dagger all the way up there and, and God says, Alright, hold on, hold, hold on. We don't need that. No, nope, no, no. I just need to know you were willing to sacrifice your son. That's all. And as soon as he does that, he looks over and there's a ram caught in the thicket. He says, Go get the ram and bring him over. So they sacrifice the ram inside Isaac and go... Whew, yeah, was close. That's huh? yeah. ready to kill me. <laughs> this wasn't good. This is not a good day. That's <laughs> gonna kill me. Did you see that? He's gonna kill me. He's gonna die. <laughs> but he didn't die. He kept on going. So they got a ram, but he had prophetically said God will provide himself a lamb. Why did he say that and then God provided a ram? Because the Lamb is Jesus Christ. And the covenant was, as you gave your Son, so I can now give my Son, my only Son, to die for the world in the same way that you were willing to give your Son to die for me. And in that, all nations will be blessed because all nations take advantage of salvation because of what He did. So all the nations of the world were blessed. Abraham had to be in faith. Because you know, you can't just do that. You can't just take your only son that God made a promise for. Take him up and out and kill him. Unless you're in faith. That's a tough thing to do. But God needed him to do that. He needed him to be ready. And Abraham was. Keep on going here in chapter 18. Verse 16. Then the men rose from there and looked towards Sodom. And Abraham went with him to send them on the way. And the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham what I am doing? Since Abraham shall surely become a great nation, great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. That is future, right? That's for a future appointed time. That is not something that Abraham can do anything about to bring about sooner. That is for a future appointed time. Now, when you go through the word of God on your own, you look for this. You don't have to see all the times that it says I shall and put that in the same category. Because sometimes you'll see I shall and it's in in a category we're calling I will. Don't get confused with that. You can simply tell this. Is the faith of the person bringing it on? Or is it for an appointed time that God has set? That's the difference between the two things. He shall become a great and mighty nation. All the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. Now go over to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8. Let's take a look at what Hebrews says about Abraham. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out, not knowing where he was going. By faith, he dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob and, and the heirs with him of the same promise. And he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. By faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed, and she bore a child when she was past the age because she judged him faithful who had promised. But we just left the story. What did she do? She laughed. Abraham had three months to get right. She had a day or thereabout. Apparently women are faster on that sort of stuff. If he was concerned about Sarah and she needed more time, he would have been including her in the first one. He didn't. He just included Abraham there. He knew Abraham needed more time. Sarah, she'll be ready tomorrow. will will be good. Therefore, from one man and him as good as dead were born as many as the stars of the sky in multitude, innumerable as the sand is by the seashore. When he was tested, offer up Isaac, and he who had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said, In Isaac your seed shall be called, concluding that God was able to raise him up, even from the dead, from which he also received him in a figurative sense. By faith Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. By faith Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph and worshipped, leaning on the top of his staff. By faith, Joseph, when he was dying, made mention of the departure of the children of Israel and gave instructions concerning his bones. They all knew things were coming for an appointed time. And they knew that that was for the future. And by faith, they believed those things were coming about. By faith, there were things they could change in their life and they could bring about now. They could conceive of these things. They could conceptualize these things. They could imagine these things. And by faith, they could bring them about. And there were those things that God said, this is so, this is how it's going to be. Put this in your outline. What I am is granted to me now. The things that you are, the things that God says you are, they are granted to you now. You do not have to sit there and wait for that thing to come about. You can act as though it's so. Whatever God says that you have in the covenant, it is yours now. Live like it. You don't have to live like it, but you can. You don't have to live in the wisdom of God, but you can live in the wisdom of God. You don't have to let the Spirit of God teach you all the things in the Word of God, but you can you don't have to live by the righteousness of Jesus Christ, but you can. You don't have to get saved, but you can. It's there. What I will become or what I will do is achieve through faith. There is faith involved. That's where your faith is involved the most. There's faith involved in, in taking the things of the covenant and making them yours. But there's a whole lot of faith is involved in taking those things that have been promised to you. Those things that God has said, I'll do this. I'll make this about, bring, come about. But we get it through faith. And there are those things that what I shall be is something I can see, but wait for its appointed time. There is an appointed time for it, but I can wait for it. I know Jesus Christ is coming for his church. I know it. And I am waiting for that appointed time. I won't get discouraged. I'm not going to give up. No matter how bad this world gets, I'm not going to quit. I'm going to keep on going because I'm going to endure to the end because that's for an appointed time. That's something that shall happen. I know it shall happen. And it's not happening right now. It's coming soon, but I don't know when that is. But there's other things that he said that are mine now. There's other things that when I get my faith to that point, I believe it. It'll happen in my life now. It's for me. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. There's a little boy who lived in a far away country. Well, Well, far out in the country. It was in the late 1800s. And he reached the age of 12 and never in his life had he ever seen a circus. Heard about them. Never had seen a real life circus. And they lived in a pretty poor family. They worked on the farm. You know, just a lot of times making enough to get on by. There wasn't a whole lot of extra money. But one day he heard the circus was coming to town. Oh, he was excited. The circus was coming to town. And so he asked his dad he said I'd really like to go see the circus I heard about him never seen one I'd like to go see the circus and so his dad says you know what I can see that you're he could could see the boy which just so excited and it just was going to mean the world to him so he pulled out his pocket a dollar bill and he gave the young boy a dollar bill he says now As long as you have all of your chores done on Saturday morning, you can head on down, catch the circus. So he got up early that Saturday morning. He got all his chores done in record time. He had everything done. He was ready. The circus was going to be going on. He had his dollar. That was more money he had ever seen in his entire life. He is ready to go to the circus. And so he plugs off. He's walking there. He walks on into town. And here comes... The parade, the circus is coming through the town. They're arriving today and they parade through the town and the boy sits there and he looks and he sees the cages and the lions are in the cages and the tigers are in the cages and they're walking some of the elephants through the streets and he sees an elephant right up close oh this is exciting and one thing after another part of the circus he's coming on he keeps observing them all All are brand new never had seen just heard never had seen these things go on and finally at the very end of the parade were the clowns you know with the hair and the big feet and they were the end of it and so as they came on by the little boy he reached into his pocket and he pulled out the dollar and he walked up to one of the clowns and he gave the clown the dollar And he went on home because he thought that was all there was. He thought the parade was the circus. And he went on home, but what he could have done was gone in to the circus tent and seen all the shows and all the stuff that they would have done, but he never took advantage of that because he didn't know. Don't be like the little boy who missed the circus because he caught the parade don't be satisfied just seeing the parade it may be better than anything you've seen in your life but there's a whole circus waiting so much more when God comes and he promises us things in his word don't laugh though the thing has held out for 12 years 13 years and you haven't seen it don't laugh When someone comes and gives you a word and says, I just feel God telling me that he wants you to know you are healed. We don't smile and say, Thank you, Jesus. I received that. Thank you very much. And inside we're saying, Yeah, I've heard that before. I don't really need that right now. We're not saying, No. We're here with rejoicing. We think of Joseph and how long he waited. We think of Moses and how long he waited. We think of Israel and how long they waited in Egypt until God pulled them out of the land of Egypt and sent them on their way. We think of these folks. Abraham, 24 years up to the age he was 99. And then God says, in one year, baby. I don't know how many of you are looking forward to a baby at age 99. Of course, they lived a lot longer back then, but I don't know how much I'm looking forward to it. 99, you're going to tell me I'm going to have a baby? No. <laughs> if I'm going to have a baby at 99, it better be a grandkid. <laughs> Great grandkid, maybe. Dear Lord. That's if I even want to be here at 99. He says, if I'm satisfied at what, 75, I can go, right? Glory to God, I'm on my way. Mm. Don't be satisfied with the parade. When you get the whole circus. Just because it's delayed. Don't let go of your hope. We need to spend some weeks on this. To understand what is it that God has given me. That's mine to take advantage of now. What is it that I mix faith with. To bring about sooner. And what is it that's out in the future. It's for an appointed time. It is coming. But it's for an appointed time. Those are the three different areas. And hope is involved. And the last two. How is hope involved? How is faith involved? And what does the Word have to say about these things? And these are the areas we're going to get into as we get into this last area. Studying on hope. Glory to God. is the Word of God good? Aren't you glad He put these folks in here that went through troubles just like you and I do? They laughed at stuff. They said things quietly on the inside of them. Yeah, like that'll happen. <laughs> No, I'm so glad. If somebody comes up to you and you've been believing God for healing for 10 years for a thing, or what I know you don't have to. I mean, it's just something we have to get right in ourselves most of the time. Just something we're waiting. Uh, what is it I have to get right? God will help you out. God will get you taken care of. Don't ever think you've got to wait for 10 years for anything. That woman with the issue of blood waited for how long? Not healed, not healed, not healed. Found Jesus. What happened? All right. Another 10 years, it's yours. You just be faithful for another 10 years. It's yours. No, he doesn't do that. She's healed instantly. See that? It's that middle area that we really want to focus in the most. What is it that I have to do with my faith to get that thing to happen now? And not to be such a distant future. Sometimes we take what's in the middle area, the I will area, and we put it in the I shall area. It's promised for someday way down in the future. No, it's for me now. It's for me now. It was not God's intention for Abraham to wait 24 years. It was not God's intention. But it took that long to get Abraham ready. If he was ready, God would have given it to him a whole lot sooner. He had to get him ready. So it was some fun taking a look at some other places in the Word of God where this principle is working. Would you all stand up with me? Father God, we thank you so much. Oh, your Word is so good. We thank you for the help that you give us. We thank you for the things that you have promised, promised us. We thank you for the things that you have given us by your covenant. As we celebrate communion today, we thank you. This represents the, the, the blood of the new covenant. And the advantages of what the covenant has are for us. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for it. We give you the praise and the glory.